Hello, and welcome to Let's Get Vocal with Rena. I'm your host, Rena Cook, and I am a voice and speech geek. I am obsessed with all things voice. As a voice and presentation coach, my passion is empowering others to use their voices in more compelling and authentic ways. On this podcast, I visit with professionals who have powerful messages about speaking truth, using the voice to change hearts and minds. I also love witty, intelligent banter and always enjoy talking to others who are passionate about helping people and making this world a better place and having a great time doing so. Thanks for tuning in. And welcome to this episode of Let's Get Vocal with Arena Cook. And today I am going to be talking about significant at 70 and beyond. Now, why am I interested in this topic? Well, for starters, I am 70 and I started my consulting business at age 65. So I reinvented myself at a time when my peers were slowing down, simplifying, pursuing relaxing hobbies. Me? I want to live large. I want to make a contribution. I am in this life for the long game. What is the purpose of life? Why are we all here? If I were to give you a pop quiz right now, what would you write as the purpose of life? Now, I believe the purpose of life is to make this world a better place, make the day better for someone else, impact people's lives. So I'm going to put purpose in a column on the left-hand side of my mind's eye. And then I'm going to look at another column, our fears, the things that keep us from fully living our purpose. So I'm going to place fears over on the right column, the right-hand side, so that we're looking at purpose on one side and fears on the other. My biggest fear is being redundant, being invisible being discounted. Couple this with my absolute fear of dementia, losing my memories, losing words. What I have been most consistently proud of through all the different chapters of my life is my intellect, my facility with language. Losing that feels not only tragic, but humiliating. Now, I lose my train of thought from time to time and can't find just the right word. That will send me into paroxysms of anxiety. Oh, God, it's true. I have it. I have even documented incidents to prove to my GP that there's an issue. Of course, there's not really a problem. Beyond age-appropriate plaque. Don't you love that? What the hell does that mean? So, Hannibal Johnson, uh, a highly respected Tulsa attorney and college professor, posted on Facebook recently a quote that has stuck with me. Don't be pushed around by your fears in your mind. Be led by the dreams in your heart. Now, he attributes that quote to Roy Bennett, but in my heart, you know, Hannibal Johnson introduced it to me, so he's responsible for that quote. But that gives me a lot to think about. I feel that I'm often led by my fears that sound so rational at the time they're talking to me. 
So today, I want to look at purpose, how I want to live my life. And hopefully, it will inspire you to reflect as well. How do you want to live the rest of your life? Whether you're 50 and you have 25 years left yet, or 10 years, or even one, we should live our best life every day. As we discuss our purpose, our dreams, and our goals, we also need to take a hard look at our fears. What stands in the way of me achieving my goals? And finally, what choices can we make now that will ensure that we have energy, health, and vitality to sustain our ability to contribute to 70 and way beyond? So it's three topics today, purpose, fears, and choices. Let's talk first about purpose. Dream a little with me right now. If you could live your ideal life, what would it look like? For me, I want to contribute till I can't. I want to continue to earn money so that I can live large, travel, eat in fine restaurants, shop in exotic boutiques. I want to enjoy people, make new friends. I want to learn and grow. I want to remain mentally sharp till I die. So what's standing in my way of doing this? Well, my fears. I mentioned redundancy, invisibility, being discounted. Well, what's behind all of this? What's at the root of these? Age. Aging. Okay, let's talk age. It's the elephant in the room. Do I deny, which is what I mostly do, or do I celebrate and acknowledge? Well, that's what I'm trying to do here today is to celebrate. Thinking back to my history with age attitudes, I was always the youngest in my class, the youngest in choir, the youngest in my tap dance class, the youngest teacher, until suddenly I was not. How does it feel now to be the oldest? When your parents are gone, when your uncles and aunts are gone, and you are now the older version or the older generation, how did I view aging before I was aging? Well, I discounted the old, had a little patience for their verbal ramblings, their loud talking, their feet shuffling, gray hair, not attractive. Wrinkles, really not attractive. Misshapen fingers, toes, bent spine. This is how my formerly adolescent brain described aging and my feelings about it. I was an active participant in ageism. I still am when I'm not monitoring the scared child within me who judges to make herself feel better. Now, we don't come to these biases by ourselves. We receive these messages from all around us, what we watch in the media, what we hear from our parents and peers. What does society tell us about aging? What are the signals, both direct and indirect, that influence our attitudes about aging? The old can't hear. They can't make financial decisions. They're silly. They're bumbling. They're physically frail, unattractive, unfriendly, and stupid. These are just a few of the signals that we receive. These are quotes that I've heard. Most people your age are slowing down, buying the RV, taking it easy. Why are you gearing up? 
The New York Times on August 15th had an article called Age, Creativity, and Our Mortality. This article addressed the cultural myth that if a woman hasn't achieved her highest good by age 50, she never will. Well, we don't have to look very far to see evidence that that's just not true. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is Kamala Harris turned 56 last October, just before she was elected vice president of the United States. In an article in the Washington Post, it said that when women turn 50, the world starts to tune them out. Employers see them as less valuable and are much more likely to discriminate against them, according to research. Many women describe a sense of invisibility. Also in this Washington Post article, it said that something else happens as women leave their 40s. And this is a quote. For everyone I know about my around my age, let's start that again. For everyone I know around my age, there's this major energy shift and being able to question, well, what do I want now? And this this part of the article is quoted by Heather Havileski. Let's try that again. Havileski, 49, uh, who told the Washington Post without feeling totally cowed by what you should want, what seems selfish, the world may tend to forget older women, but they feel freer than ever. Now, Heather Havlariski goes on to say, for American women in middle age and later, that might mean returning to ambitions set aside years ago to raise a family or follow a spouse's career. It might mean finding ambitions they never had before reaping long overdue success. Our culture tells a story that we lose and lose and lose as we get older. And it's not true. Well, we do lose some things. Physical things, let's be honest. On my 25th birthday, my ass fell. It was a birthday gift. I looked in the mirror and my butt was closer to the ground than it had been the day before. On my 40th birthday, my eyes went. I had to get bifocals. On my 45th birthday, I was diagnosed with osteoarthritis. Now, couple that with menopause brain, and I thought life as I knew it was over forever. But I doubled my exercise commitment, started working with a trainer, paid more attention to what I ate, and I came out of that in in pretty good form and have had a couple of decades since then where I have felt really, really good. Anxiety and depression tend to run in my family and try as I might to deny that this was ever an issue for me. It has been through the years something of a problem, some years more than others. My mother was borderline personality and bipolar. In the 50s, there wasn't a name for these conditions. They medicated them heavily with barbiturates like phenobarbital. My mother cried every day. And when she wasn't crying, she was raging. And when she raged, she would throw whatever was in her hand. A hot iron, scissors, a five-pound bag of macaroni. In retrospect... My mother was a very angry and frustrated wife and mother from the 1950s. 
She had desires, talents, interests, but no outlets. No one was encouraging her to develop her talents. There were no resources or agencies to help or support. She was a wife and a mother with a partially disabled husband, no education or skills, a family of four living on less than $5,000 a year, two very bright, energetic, mischievous children. That would be my brother and me. She She was an orphan child who was shuffled back and forth among her older siblings whenever there was a baby for her to take care of. No wonder she was angry. No wonder she cried. This woman struggled to get her emotional and creative needs met until the day she died at 93, finally releasing my brother and I from her toxic bondage. Now, there's a dynamic continuum that's alive in each one of it, each one of us. I feel it warring with me like I have two powerful opposing forces bearing down on me every day. Nay, every minute. Aging means the end, the final chapter. Relax on the Dawnhill slide, watch TV, play cards, go fishing, enjoy the visits from those grandkids. On the other end of the spectrum, there is the vital, alive woman at 84 still running marathons. We now have a choice to go in either direction on this continuum. But the choices that we make every day through our 20s, our 30s, and our 40s determine how our 50s, 60s, and 70s and beyond will go. Now, going back to the question I asked you at the top, what does your ideal life look like? Where do you see yourself? If watching TV and fishing and playing cards is what you fantasize about, go for it. That's pretty easy to make happen. If, however, you see yourself contributing, changing lives, making the world a better place, then you have to make choices now, today, that will lay the foundation for that life. I want to give voice to the voiceless. I want to see my clients and my students filled with confidence to create the lives they dream of, to change the world. The pandemic gave me an opportunity to reevaluate my goals, both short and long term. What truly makes me happy? How do I want to spend my time in this life? Maybe, in deference to my age, I should think about scaling back, slowing down. Did I lose my train of thought because I have a lot on my brain? Am I having a simple senior moment or is there something more sinister, darker, Alzheimer's? Now, I know I'm not alone in catastrophizing in this way. I also have moments of energy and clarity where I feel that I can accomplish anything. I should maybe write another book. I should get a speaking agent. I should be earning more on this speaking circuit. I need to hire someone to help me with CEO. I need an assistant. In other words, should I be building my business or scaling back? I wake up every morning way too early, sometimes 4, 4.30, with a heavy, heavy thing not sitting on my chest, anxiety dripping from my damp head. Now, I know I can change this negative feeling 
I know I can make choices about my morning that will turn this around. I found during the pandemic that listening to guided meditations could either put me back to sleep or at least relax my mind enough so that I didn't make myself crazy as I was waiting for an appropriate time to get up. And then I do get up. The act of throwing off the covers and sitting on the edge of the bed feels like an accomplishment. It takes courage to get up every day determined to be positive and productive. Then I must exercise. I walk or dance for at least 30 minutes. The act of making the blood move moves those negative feelings out of my body. By the end of my walk or my dance, I'm starting to feel happy and excited about my day. Hydrating is my next choice. Drinking enough water must be intentional. If you leave it to when you're thirsty, you'll never get enough water. Our brain, our bodies thrive on being fully hydrated. Food must be intentional as well. I would rather eat sugary cereals, order hamburgers every day for lunch, eat potatoes at every meal. I would. But this is not how I fuel my body for the long game. And remember, I am in it for the long game. We live in a random hostile universe. We can't change the world, but we can change our little corner of the world and make it a better place through our actions and words to the people placed right in front of us. This is our existential choice. And I find I have to redecide every single day, or I'll be sucked into the negative vortex of seeing only the hateful and the hurtful, and oh God, there's so much of that out there. Doom scrolling on Facebook is one of my favorite time killers. And I can tell you, it does nothing for my sad soul. Maybe it's best to day drink, numb the negative feelings. But for those of us who really want to make a difference, contribute, we must make different choices. In future episodes of Let's Get Vocal with Rena Cook, I'll be speaking with powerful, mature women who came to success late in life or have figured out how to stay vital as they mature. I've invited women whose stories inspire me. It takes effort to stay on a positive trajectory and remaining significant, and we need role models and accountability partners to hold us to our goals. I'm sure most of you know who Amanda Gorman is. She's the young poet who spoke at President Biden's inauguration. I'll never forget that yellow coat and the bright red headband and the confidence in her words. So perfect for the occasion, healing words that our country so badly needed in that moment. I read an article about her in which she is quoted as saying, All that I can hope for with my poetry is that it will give people the language or the hope by which they begin a self-rescue. I love that. Self-rescue. Amanda goes on to say, that magic that everyone else has, including me, is our actions. 
when we put them to work, that's when the sorcery exists. Oh, Amanda, you have so much to share with our world. And then lastly, I'm drawing on a quote by Langston Hughes. And and it seemed to speak to me at this moment. And the poem goes like this. I look at my own body with eyes no longer blind. And I see that my own hands can make the world that's in my mind. I redecide today, now, to live intentionally so that I can be significant into my 70s and beyond. I know I will have to redecide each day how I'm going to live in the world. I can't stop the aging process. There is much I cannot control, much that is truly out of my hands. But the life I want to live is up to me. Of course, there are given circumstances that life hands me, situations, relationships, health issues that I can't change. But how I react to them is entirely up to me. So as I draw to a close this, these thoughts today on, on being significant in our mature years, how we can continue to live active and vital lives. And I am reminded that, that I rely on you all for input into this program. If you have a thought or a question about the content that I've shared today, or any topic about voice and presentation, or a topic that you need to be vocal about, please reach out to me at renacook at cox.net, and I'll mention it in my next podcast. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Get Vocal with Rena. I want to remind you how important you are to this podcast. Send me your questions about voice, speech, presentation, confidence. You are part of this discussion. You can reach out to me through my website, myvocalauthority.com, or at renacook at cox.net. Lastly, let's take joy and generosity with us today and every day. Each of us has a role to play in making this world better. We can do this by simply finding joy in simple acts of generosity. And remember, we are all public speakers whenever we use our voice in the presence of another human being. Breathe deeply, stand tall, speak your truth boldly, and the world will listen.